Hello, this uh, episode is being published on the 23rd of June, the 2021 International Women in Engineering Day. Uh, this event started in the UK in 2014 and went global in 2017. Over the years, many engineering sectors have successfully embraced a mixed gender workforce. Of those who have been slower to adapt is the land-based engineering sector, which includes agricultural engineering, turf care equipment, forestry machinery, and, and much, much more. The whole industry has long been regarded as male-dominated, particularly in technical service and repair roles. But things are changing, and an increasing number of females are taking up engineering posts, as you will hear, and displaying real enthusiasm for the jobs that they are doing. I'm Chris Biddle. Thank you for joining me for this special edition of Inside AgriTurf. Now, earlier this year, LeeTech... Uh, that stands for Land-Based Engineering Training and Education Committee. It's a cross-industry body representing manufacturers, dealers, academics and professional organisations set out to identify its technicians for 2021. They invited video submissions from technicians telling their story, outlining their background and why they had chosen land-based engineering as a career. Now, out of the three finalists, two were female, something you imagine just would not have happened only a few years ago. Recently, I talked to the overall winner, Laura Basnett, for episode 37 of Inside AgriTurf about her route into becoming an apprentice with Ernest Doe Limited, a case main dealer. Uh, during our chat, I asked Laura how her friends regarded her new career. I think at first they were quite surprised that I took a leap into a totally different career. Um, but they they know me and my character. I love to be outdoors. I love to be hands-on. And so this job just suits me to the T. Each day is so varied and you don't know what you're going to be turning up to. And I can, you know, yes, there are the common faults or problems that can occur. But I haven't been in the industry long enough to have seen them reoccur but, you know, to be outside, working outdoors, meeting the local farmers, giving yeah. back to the community. So that was the voice of the outright winner, Laura, speaking to me in an earlier podcast. Now, one of the other finalists of the Technician for 2021 Awards was Lauren Savage. Now, Lauren is an apprentice with Chandler's Farm Equipment at their Bristol branch, who recently took over the Agco territory from Lister Wilder. So, Lauren, many thanks for joining me. Uh, did you have any background in farming or agriculture before you joined Chandler's? No, I've had no experience on a farm whatsoever. Um, the closest we got is my dad used to do a little bit of tractor driving. But other than that, growing up, I had no experience. So I have always been into cars. Even I'm still into cars now as a hobby, but as a job, it just wasn't wasn't for me. But um, yeah, I used to go to all the car shows with my dad at Sandpod Raceway. At the more we went, we got talking to some teams. Um, and there was one particular team, Andy, and he, had, he was racing a 55 Chevy Bel Air. And we got talking and he actually said, did I want to go onto the actual strip with them um, and help with, you know, the 
setting up and everything there for a few weekends. I went down and would help work on the car. Uh, so was this always a career path? I mean, I'm not sure whether you had careers advice when you were at school, but it was always your passion to go initially into the car industry? Yeah, yeah. So I decided sort of when I was about, I think, 15, so a really young age, it's like, I want to be a car mechanic. Like, I want this is what I want to do. I love cars. I like engines. Um, and I never really thought of myself, like, looking now, going into the bigger things. So it, it quite it changed quite drastically. Yeah, sure. And so you took an apprenticeship with a Hyundai dealer, is that right? Yes, I took an apprenticeship with Hyundai, um, who are based in Bristol. Um, and I was there for, I started like an internship. So I'd do Saturdays until I finished school and got my results. And then they took me on for a full-time apprentice. And so what was really, what would you say was the trigger to you finding an interest in agricultural engineering? So in 2018, I met my partner, Greg, and he did a bit of um, like contracting. He didn't have a tractor, but he contracted um, driving other people's tractors. And he was just moving into the forestry sector. So he was a tree surgeon. And obviously in forest, you got big tractors. And I started to go out on a few days work with him, like on my days off. And I was like, this is really cool. I really like tractors and what they can do and go um and you know we he introduced me to farming like we watched started watching a few videos started going out and seeing the tractors and then started with country shows and I was just blown away I absolutely adored it in terms of learning more about the industry did you sort of throw yourself into trying to learn as much as you could about literally, it literally um so I start watching videos and used to different tractors and then realizing that vultures are mainly the forestry sector um because you know the vultures are the most common tractor to be used in forestry and started with forestry really and then I moved on to farming and then you know I was like well, I only live once. I, yeah. I'm really loving this. Why don't I just do it as a job? I wasn't enjoying cars at this point because as much as it's a passion, it's just passion on the side. You start doing the same thing every day, working on the same cars every day. It becomes really tiresome for like your hobby on the weekend. And Greg had a, has a race car and I just didn't want to do anything. And I was coming home and I was like, I don't really want to work on cars. And it was killing my passion. But farming and being in the tractor industry is completely different. Like, Every day is a different day. And how did you uh, yeah, how did you go about uh, obtaining the sort of role that you've got now as an apprentice in agricultural engineering? So I didn't know where to go, what to start with, and I knew of, of Lister Wilder anyway. Like I knew that they dealt in tractors, and they were my most local branch of tractor dealing. And I was like, let's just go in and inquire. It might not go anywhere, you know. It might not be the time but let's just do it. And <laughs> funnily enough, within a week, again, I was sat in front of uh, Steve and Tony, my interviewers, and I was being interviewed for the job. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Were they uh, at all apprehensive about taking you on? I mean, they probably didn't have too many girl apprentices. So, yeah, no, no there wasn't another girl. Um, female uh, mechanics and engineers are more common in cars, but they, I don't, I didn't sense any apprehension and children um i just went in and was myself and they loved it oh excellent. so yeah so uh, tell me about your apprenticeship what, what's the term in the apprenticeship and you're presumably uh are you doing a block release course at college or, or yeah what, how does it work so i'm on an agco apprenticeship and that involves me going to warwickshire college so morton moral oh yes um Yes, a block release about a month. There's not, it's not every few months. We have a set timetable, but we've just finished our first academic year. So I think I'll be going back in September. Um, but I'm released for about four weeks at a time away from work, sometimes five weeks, depending. Um, and then, yeah, I'll go there for four weeks and then come back to work and resume as normal until the next block. 
you you started to, to to talk about the difference between um working in the car industry and working on in the on tractors uh, what's the biggest difference i mean is it a question of being sort of down and dirty and in the muck and bullets and tractors in all weathers <laughs> yeah uh, rather so, than a, a, a clean homogenized workshop yeah so every day is different like you could be on the same tractor for a couple of days in the workshop but end of the day you get to go out to different farms you get to meet different people see different versions of farming and the different tractors and applications they use it for and you never like you you will do the same job twice obviously like a service but it's never the same and i love it like yeah. it's so diverse from the experience you've had so far uh, what's the most satisfying uh, part of your job what do you enjoy most i think you know i'm learning every day and and I meet some engineers who have been in trade 20 years plus and to see them still learning every day I just like the that aspect that you know it's never going to get old and boring no that's that's true and 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 you get on well with your as you say the ag industry has got less uh, women working particularly in technical roles within yeah. it than the, yeah. the um, automotive industry how do you get on with your male colleagues and and also how do you get on with, with the customers that so with my colleagues they're like family like I couldn't ask for a better workforce um it helps that you know since school I've been in a male industry male dominated industry I'm used to how they are I'm used to like you know just the jokes and everything they have but it honestly the yeah they're like families and with the customers sometimes it's a bit of a shock you do see them you go out to these very like rural farms and they're like oh wow there's a girl <laughs> but they they they're so lovely and you know you're there to do a job and they understand that and I think as long as you get that job done they can't complain yeah sure Lauren and and so in talking to anybody outside um obviously passionate about your job how, how would you sell it to others either male or females uh, honestly if you want it go for it like don't hold back like make sure you put everything into it like it is a physical job it is physically demanding and it does get tiring you know especially in this weather when you're out under a tractor with hot oil and everything it does get physically demanding but if you throw everything into it you won't regret it like you know seeing a tractor you've spent all day on back, back out with the farmer and how happy and grateful he is to have his tractor back it is just yeah you can't beat no other feeling like it yeah, and of course it's a it's a global industry, and the, the bigger picture. You can go anywhere. Once you've done your apprenticeship and maybe sort of got 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 real experience, would it attract you to seek seek out the industry in a, in a in a more global perspective? Yeah. So I was actually uh, me and Greg were discussing this. So I would like to stay at Chandler's for you know the next ten years. I can see myself there at least to get all the experience, and they're a really good company to work for. Um, but in the long run. I wouldn't mind going on a placement to like New Zealand or something where farming is also really big because at the same time, forestry is always really big. So it would work for both me and Greg. Um, he also would like to get back into farming. So, yeah, I, I would like to go global with it. Yeah, well, the opportunities are certainly there. Well, look, Lauren, thank you ever so much for your time today. It's, it's no, thank you. Catch up with you and uh, wish you all the best in your thank you so in your, much in your career. I mean, it's it's still in its infancy at the moment, but yeah, my, my goodness, as you say, there's still a lot to learn. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And there's... it's a continual learning process. You're the four-year course. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, look, thank you very much indeed. Again quite a story from Lauren on her perhaps unintended route into the farm machinery industry. Next, I'm delighted to be joined by Poppy Burrow from Devon, who is just about to complete an engineering apprenticeship with JCB. 
So, Poppy, I, I believe you joined the local Young Farmers Club at the age of 14. So was that the start of your pathway into agricultural engineering? No, actually, to be fair, I was dead set against joining Young Farmers because I thought, well, I'm not a farmer. Why, why would I get involved? Um, but my stepmom was a young farmer when she was younger and she sort of forced me into it. And I was like, nope, nope, not going, not going. Um, and I went along and then I, I never really stopped. I think uh, they regretted it for a bit afterwards because they were driving me everywhere all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was always in the old days somewhat regarded as, as, as a uh, introductory agency for, for the time. But uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it obviously had a lot of social. Uh, but when you were at school, was there any uh, advice that you were given on careers or, or anything that was useful to you? From what I can remember, it was very much uh, sort of pushing you down the path of university over anything else I initially wanted to go to Kingston Moor in Dorchester and do agriculture and then I somehow I can't quite remember how ended up at sixth form open evening and then because of how much we'd been told about how A levels in university were pretty much your only choice that is where I ended up at sixth form and I hated it really really hated it and so what was the trigger for you deciding to take the path down into agriculture stroke engineering I've always wanted to work in the agricultural sectors since I started Young Farmers. I did work experience um, AgFET and I did work experience in the Agricultural State Agency. And I knew after a week at the vets, I knew that that was not for me. (laughs) Um, And then after I started at Kingston Moorwood doing agriculture there, I took a bit more of an interest on the machinery side of things. Yeah. So what um, course did you uh, you do at Kingston Moorwood then? Level three extended agriculture. So that could have taken in into all sorts of branches of agriculture, um, mm-hmm. but it was engineering that you kind of plumped for. Was, was that yeah. uh, was that because of an opportunity or uh, where did you go out on work experience or, or what happened? Uh, so my dad's an ag engineer as well. Oh, is um, he? Yeah, owns a business that he started the year I was born. I've always been around it. Where is that? I believe you're from Axminster area? Yes, you're just outside Axminster and Hawkchurch. Yes. My dad started the business in 2000, um, a couple of months before I was born, I think. Yes, it's always been around me. Right. Look out the window and there's usually a tractor parked outside. Yeah. So I guess as far as Axminster is concerned, it's either farming or carpets then. So. uh... Yeah, or power (laughs) tools and machinery. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, My sister's an accountant there. Oh, is she? Oh, well, yeah. you had a, a range there to go at. Yeah. So after you came out of, out of Kingston Moorwood, how, um, wh- where did you go from there? Did you find other posts that you were able to get into? And what was the sort of reaction that you got from potential employees? Uh, so I passed my driving test in December 2017. And it was from then that I started looking around into the ag engineering opportunities a little bit more because well just out of ease of getting there and everything yes. uh, it seemed to make more sense to it that way around so I looked into a few different places and the first one I went to said that the workshop wasn't the right place for a young woman um, <laughs> that's very stereotypical it, isn't it yeah and also I don't actually think you can really get away with saying that I think that's something that's a bit of, <laughs> well I go to say a gray area but it's definitely a a no-go to the wrong person I think it could get you into trouble Mm. um so I carried on looking and one of my friend's dads I spoke to him about it one day and he has a Deutz from a dealer in Dorchester 
um, and spoke to them about me. And then I rang up. So that was MJ Fry's in Martinstown. Um, and they took me on for the summer. And I worked for them a good few days a week. And how was your initial impression in, in working in that environment? Just reminded me of like dad's business and being around the workshop there. Uh, and how were you were accepted by the rest of the staff and the customers and so on? Absolutely fine. Didn't Good. have any issues. I did a mix of a lot of stuff um, within the workshop and in the stores, doing parts yeah. and stuff like that. So I got yeah. quite a good exposure to the different aspects. Uh, and, and so, Poppy, what was your route into JCB then? Um, so the same friend's dad that got me experience at MJ Fry's took me and her to um, Grass and Muck at Shepton Mallet in 2018. Yeah. Um, and when I was there, I asked every single dealership and manufacturer I saw for apprenticeship information. Yeah. Um, a few were sort of like, no, or sorry, we don't have anything, or having to travel really quite far, which is ironic looking at it now when I live yes. up in Staffordshire. Um, but JCB were the ones that were most interested. Um, and they actually held a conversation with me about it. And I spoke to another, sorry, another apprentice on the stand. And he told me about his experience. And then put me into touch with the HR team up here. And I think I was a bit of a, an odd case because I didn't go down the usual route of the application. So I was put on the very last assessment centre that they ran for their apprenticeship scheme. So I think I was put on with the, the Weld and Craft apprentices. Um, so I came up to Staffordshire a couple of weeks after that at Grasslands and got interviewed, went through the assessment centre. And then the day after, they offered me a job up here. So what, what is the term of your apprenticeship? How long is it going to last? Uh, I'm literally about to come off any day now. And so that's been what? How many? Uh, uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah, I think it should have been just over three, but um, finished a little bit quicker. Uh, and and what, is your, what has your roles been within in the company? I guess you've been through a lot of the company, both internally and externally. So the first year I was at college at the JCB Academy four days yep. a week. And I was in the workplace in JCB Land Power uh, one day a week. Yes. And then after, I, well, I was probably for about nine months, actually. And then after I had done that, I swapped around and I was in the academy one day a week and in the workplace four days a week. And I had different placements laid out. So I did quality and warranty, experimental products, test and development. And I was meant to do a dealership placement and a service placement. But uh, that was obviously stopped due to of course. coronavirus. Yes. Um, and Oh, I did ag sales as well, which is where I've ended up now. Uh, I, I guess with a company like uh, a global company like JCB uh, would seem to be more uh, in line with the increase in its diversity. I think a few years ago it said it wanted to increase uh, and its ambition was to go 50-50 in terms of engineers. And uh, I also read that the JCB Academy, when it opened, had about eight or nine percent of, 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 of girl students. Uh, and now it's roughly 25 percent, probably plus, plus on that. Was yeah, that... there's definitely an increase. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very fair company in that respect. I think like all male dominated industries the higher you look in terms of age or experience it does tend to be less women but I think that's just natural progression whereas if you look at my generation in 10 yeah. 15 years time we're obviously going to have worked up at that point and there'll be yes. women at all stages within yes. JCB yes uh, so what's the most 
enjoyable part that you've found of your role within JCB so far? What have you enjoyed most? I really enjoy delivering the training to customers or to our dealership staff um, and getting out and about a bit more and mixing with JCBs, like, like I say, customers and external staff. What qualities so far would you think uh, go to make up an agricultural engineer. Um, I'm not talking just of women engineers. I'm talking about agricultural engineers in general because it's not for everybody. What's your views on it? I think like in any career, it's not always going to be smooth running and good days. Um, and because of that, I do think you need that certain amount of grit or determination to keep on even through the slightly rougher times or when things are a bit harder or aren't going to plan. Um, from that respect I also think you've got to be a good communicator because like I said you're not only dealing with the people that you work closely with but often you're dealing with your customers or your dealer staff Um, and obviously because we're such a a high order high cost company that customer relationship is far more important um, and that level of trust too. I understand that also that you're you are a STEM and ambassador has this taken you outside to to many places so far and 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 if it has what what do you perceive as the um uh, outsider's perception of agricultural engineering do they really understand it um so pre-pandemic i went to uh the big bang show in the nec in birmingham oh yes yes that would have been march 2019 um and i've done a couple events in schools Yes. as well uh one was like very jcb focused and we helped the kids build up the little models of diggers and stuff like that um and it created a bit of like a relaxed atmosphere where they could ask ask you any sort of question without it being a q a session as such yeah. um something else that we did that was quite interesting was about breaking stereotypes and basically a load of you from all different industries went into a school hall and you couldn't wear anything that was branded just sort of work clothes as such um and the kids had to guess what your job was from that really yeah um and i was put down as an air hostess (laughs) (laughs) which i still haven't quite forgiven them for yet that that Um, must uh i get guess you get a lot of ribbing about that yeah but it was one of those because it made them sort of think about well actually what made me think that and when yeah. they were asked why, it was because I had a red coat on. <laughs> I see. Okay. Which, it is uh, funny. You know, perception is everything, they say. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it, it's things like that. And having people come in that aren't the stereotype to talk about what they do that makes you think a little bit more outside the box, I suppose. Sure. So how would you uh, how would you sell agricultural engineering to outsiders who knew a little about it? I think the fact that every single day is different um, mm-hmm. and something that I hadn't considered until I started here is even though predominantly they're agricultural machines and they're not always in agricultural purposes no. and you really do see different applications of the machines every day which is really quite interesting to see how people take a pretty standard agricultural machine or tractor and make it bespoke or fit for purpose things like that yes. especially if you look sort of globally how different countries have a different take on the best yeah. way to use them and um and congratulations i i hear that you've just um, become a, a a technician member of iagri um and not I, quite not quite so oh, I, you're, um, you're on the ladder yeah i get i get a bit confused by it so i am ti agri at the moment ah, TI so, agri, yes. yeah and then i am trying to fill out the application form for engtech oh. and to be a member 
Oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, but presumably this opens up a lot of resources to you that are uh, in addition to those that you have within JCB. And also, yeah. importantly, people, of course, Poppy, uh, in, in so many aspects of agriculture. In truth, I think I probably joined at quite a bad time because um, yeah. I think I joined February last year, which ah. is literally just as we went into the lockdown. Yes. Um, and I've only had a chance to attend the one event at the moment, which yeah. is about autonomous vehicles. Yes. Uh, which is still really interesting because even though obviously you, you read the title of Institute of Agricultural Engineers, but that covered a lot of them. Um, like road vehicles as well and cars and much broader as well because uh, the recent president was a soil scientist so it takes yeah. you in into all sorts of areas of agriculture yeah and i never really considered it until looking at the iagri website um like the environmental science side of engineering and stuff like that yes. which is again me being that sort of prejudice outlook that i thought of ag engineering and i thought mm, tractors combines spanners yes. Yeah, but it's much broader than that. Yeah. But so, what are your sort of short or long term ambitions? Where, where, have you got them at the moment? Uh, how do you see see it all panning out for for you? So at the moment, I'm well, literally today, in the process of trying to apply to university uh, to complete and um, my degree through JCB. Yes. I've decided rather than an engineering approach to do a business sales professional degree. Excellent. Um, I think that that is more suited to me because of the how specialist my role is on fast track. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think the engineering degree would be far too broad and the specifics of the machine I can learn in-house and I have access to them every day. Whereas those personal and business skills are something I perhaps need to build on to be able to move up. And I, I think that's where one of the weird sides of sexism come in then is because I feel bad admitting that. Yeah, that yes. I'm not doing an engineering degree, um, even though I'm still in that product role. And my future ambition is to go into a fast track product specialist yeah. um, in a couple of years time, which is still obviously very machinery, very product based. And that's what I want to do. I want to sort of in the next few years know that product from the ground up, inside mm-hmm. out. Yeah, well, it's got a great heritage and uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll do very well. Look, Poppy, th- th- that's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you ever so much for, for your time today. I've, I've really enjoyed uh, covering uh, quite a lot of ground in a short amount of time. And, and I wish you well in the, the rest of your career and uh, as you move forward. No, thank you very much for having me. And lastly, to get an industry perspective on all this, I'm delighted to be joined by Charlie Nicklin, the Chief Executive of IAGRI, the Institution of Agricultural Engineers, that was mentioned by Poppy. They are one of the sponsoring bodies of the LeTech Group, who organised the Technicians Awards. Charlie joined IAGRI last year, after more than 20 years with JCB, where he held several leadership roles in the engineering and design teams. So, Charlie, how encouraged are you to hear those enthusiastic voices of female agricultural engineers and technicians? It's, uh, I, it, I really enjoyed them. Um, really interesting comments and observations about the industry. Uh, Two very common, di- different stories in a way. Yeah, yeah. And a, and a common theme that came through to me is that, you know, every day is different, different people, different equipment, different farms. You know, we know we have a very interesting, diverse industry and it should attract more people into it. You know, both had events or backgrounds that got them interested in the industry. And in sure. either case, was it was it school careers advice, which is a, a bit of a fundamental issue, really. It's interesting, wasn't it? 
you know yeah. and 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 this often comes up in these podcasts uh to tell you the truth when i asked how what the route is into agricultural engineering and there is no route no, no route defined route they all seem to be different and the, it finds yeah. them rather than they find it i guess it is um, it's, you know this thing that people just don't know what sort of role they're out there unless, no. unless they've got some form of connection in the industry um, how aware have you been you know, throughout your career that the industry is stereotyped, um, mainly in terms of male dominance? Yeah, it is. I mean, di- diversity and inclusion in agriculture is a challenge full stop, um, and it's not going to be fixed overnight. It's, it's, a, it's a huge thing. There are, you know, there's lots of women in agriculture, and it's a live business, it, it, but machinery does tend to be dominated by, by men. I don't. I don't think our industry is actually any worse. In fact, some stats I've seen on apprenticeship take-up, certainly at that level two and level three, it actually shows our industry fares quite well when you compare it to the automotive and the rail and, and heavy vehicle. That's you know, interesting. We've got a fair share of females apprenticeships. Sure. Charlie, I assume this uh, initiative by Leetech to identify two women out of its three finalists of the recent technician four. Uh, 2021 is is part of uh, an encouragement to increase interest and, and and hopefully recruit more women into the industry is that is that the case well not not as such i mean we had we had a range of entries um i'm not sure how many we had but i certainly had lots of video clips to watch um but but what really struck a chord with me was that just that enthusiasm and confidence shown by 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 the the, the females in the videos that the old phrase recruit for attitude and train for skill just springs to mind. They were just really good examples of young people forging their way in, into careers into the sector. That uh, that really came shining through, didn't it? Uh, with mm. with Laura, the the, the, the first one, um, which yeah. I've included a clip at the start of this, um, and uh, Poppy and Lauren. And Lauren as well, yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So do you, do you think there's anything more that the industry as a whole or employers in particular can do to interest more women into land-based or agricultural engineering? Yeah, definitely. It, this thing about showcasing the roles, the, we, we, we hear about it a lot, don't we, in, in various interviews about this secret industry. And we've just got to get better at showcasing the roles. And there's there's some fantastic stuff on social media that people are doing on YouTube and all sorts of stuff. And I think we just need to do more of that to get to get it out there. It's not just about technicians and engineers, you know, what about machinery sales and demonstrators and service managers? They, they all tend to be male, but there's no reason it can't be females. As the, um, the the mix of the workforce becomes, or as it becomes more mixed, um, then employers are going to have a, have to accommodate more uh, of a mixed work, work workforce. I'm, I'm thinking of putting in loos and and, and yeah, facilities yeah. and so on, um, and that's bound to come, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's just that's just the practical side of it, really. Um, but I mean, the, you know, most most places are going to have you know facilities, haven't they? especially sort of dealerships and things they're, they're not they're not all male environments are they yeah no that i know what you mean yeah and of course in in recent years tractors and combines and agriculture machinery has tended to be heavier faster 
uh, and so on. But um, we're probably entering a new phase and uh, probably from the sort of levy, heavy lifting aspects of agricultural engineers, uh, we're, we're entering an, an era of smarter digital technology. Do you think that in itself will encourage uh, well-qualified women to, to look at this industry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's, of course, there's still going to be lifting and welding and mauling things around in dusty environments and hot days, and it kind of goes with the territory, but that adds to the variety of work. But it doesn't suit everybody, of course, but, but the digital technology you mentioned is a key one. It, it does open up different types of roles with software and electronic diagnostics and, and commissioning systems as well these days. There's a lot more commissioning systems and setting stuff up. Yeah. And that's going to need a variety of different people, male or female, to be honest. And that, yeah. that technology adoption needs using to the industry's benefit to attract people. We do yeah. need, yeah, we do. One thing we do need to be careful though is the industry still needs to have people coming in who can service and repair the old stuff. Of and course, bit, and that's going. going to, and that's going to be the yeah. case for a long, long time. Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, Charlie, do you think we should be talking more about the wider aspects of agricultural engineering to include those perhaps that are interested in environmental issues? Um, IAGRI itself is a, a key member of the Society for mm. the Environment, um, and it also includes members who call themselves agricultural engineers but are actually water engineers soil scientists uh they're into food science and technology and they're into dairy technicians such a broad church uh, and mm. possibly that's not as well understood as it should be no probably not um you know when you when you think machine you know ag engineering you tend to think machinery i think i think the larger ag oems already do that to a certain extent as they recognize it is a whole industry from field to plate it's not just about making and selling equipment they're already drawn into things like carbon reduction and sustainability and regenerative farming and things like that and that that affects the type of machines how they're designed how they're manufactured so you know they can use those things to their advantage really it's fundamentally about the environmental aspects so yeah it's, it's a big industry uh, and i think we you know, we try and push that a lot, that it's not just tractors and combines. And it's something I do say when I talk to students, that it, there's a big industry out there with lots of different things. We just, But it's just very hidden to people. They don't really know. When we talk about it being a global industry as well, and there's two ways of looking at this, and uh, certainly Lauren was interested um, in uh, the international opportunities that might be open to her, uh, whilst Poppy did talk about... Uh, the career development and how she could work her way mm. up the technician ladder, um, becoming perhaps a chartered engineer or engine, engine tech in, in time. Um, she mentioned, uh, and obviously she's fairly new into it, uh, the, the grade of, of T, I agree. Uh, maybe you could just say a word about that, what, what that involves and, and what that can lead to. T, I agree was developed um, a while back really just to be more, for technicians um but there's there's no reason you know with with eng tech if, if poppy wants to go for eng tech then you know she can be a, a, a member of i agree as well it doesn't have to be ti agree but ti agree was was developed for specifically for technicians yeah i think i think it's great that, that poppy is going for eng tech i think i know she's moving into a more business orientated role in jcb but that yeah. background and education engineering will help her greatly in the long term I think companies that produce and sell land-based equipment, that practical background in engineering serves them so well. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're in a marketing or a sales role. I think the customers and end users 
have a lot more respect for somebody if they know that they understand the equipment, how it works, how it's designed. You know, I mean, I am biased. I don't think you can beat technical knowledge no matter what role you go into. And of course, your background um, with JCB, uh, there does seem to be within JCB a uh, greater awareness and perhaps some companies of uh, increasing the diversity and inclusion within the company. And uh, it's set out some quite uh, strong ideals. And did, did you feel yeah. that this was happening while you were there? Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. I mean, I used to go on a lot of the, the assessment centres that Poppy will have been through uh, and they're really great things. Um and I, you know, if I look back at the teams I I managed and, and led in JCB, I always had female engineers on the team, even female engineers in the workshops. You know, um, if you then I got the opportunity to travel to India quite a lot, and in India there's a lot of female engineers, both design engineers in the office, you know, as well. So, and there's no reason there shouldn't be. In, indeed. Well, look, we haven't. I don't think quite completely cracked the glass ceiling yet but um do you think we're well on the way to, to to opening it up anyway yeah i think so i think this this whole thing about making people more aware of of the industry is is a key thing and it, and it that will help i'm sure you know because at the end of the day it's not just males and females it's about people and we need people from all walks of life to get involved really well know. look uh, charlie really do thank you for your for, for that chat uh, i think uh, it's sort of kind of summed up uh, the tone of the conversation i had with um well the three technicians i've been my pleasure to interview so thank you very much indeed and mike mike i wish you well yeah no problem thank you Shortly after recording this episode, I learned that Jane Rickson, the immediate past president of the Institution of Agricultural Engineers, has just been recognised as one of the top 50 women engineers in the UK. So many congratulations to Jane, who is Professor of Soil Erosion and Conservation at Cranfield University, illustrating perhaps once again that agricultural engineering is not just about tractors. You know, I've really enjoyed putting together these various accounts on how those, often with no real background in farming or agriculture, found the land-based engineering industry. Several messages shone through. First, the enthusiasm for the job, the fact that no day is ever the same, that the industry is one big learning curve, and for those who like the outdoor life, relish a challenge and engage in feeding the world, then land-based engineering ticks so many boxes. I'm Chris Biddle. Thanks for joining me. And this is Inside Agriturf. Mm-hmm.